0: It's been said that nothing is more financially educational and entertaining than the total financial hour. Except, possibly, two total financial hours. <gasps> you don't mean... Yep. The total financial hour with host of Hallaby is now two hours. Sundays, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m.
1: Oh, my gosh. Great Scott! Learn
0: about your financial power. The total financial hour. Uh, two hours. With host of Hallaby. Sundays, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Here on AM870, The Answer. The Total Financial Hour featuring Eric Halaby, president of Total Financial Solutions, designing higher income strategies with a conservative approach. Protecting your principal and your earnings while getting you reasonable gains and reliable income, making you
1: confident of your retirement income planning. Eric Halaby has your answer.
0: Welcome to the Total Financial Hour. I'm Earher Pallavi, your host, this hour of the program. We're going to be talking about your family's finances. Uh, I have almost kind of a special alert thing going uh, that I need to let you know about. Uh, being licensed in the property and casualty world it's part of one of the licenses that we hold uh, for, uh, oh gosh, 18, 19, maybe 20 years. It's almost as long as our, our life insurance and our financial, you know, as a financial professional, it's almost as long as, as that. And I learned something this week. So much so that I think you need to pay attention because this is pretty serious. In fact, what it is in the auto insurance world, now you say, well, why are we talking about this? Well, look, the total financial hour is about helping you get out of debt, manage money, plan for retirement, be somebody who is uh, living the life that you want to live in retirement, kind of exposing some of these myths that are out there. A lot of folks think that you know their financial uh, system set up. They, are, they have one choice when it comes to financial products for retirement. Uh, they're okay with losing their principal. In fact, a lot of folks will say, oh, it doesn't really matter. I know it goes up. It'll always come back. Doesn't always come back, especially what if it doesn't come back during the time you need it? And now you're suffering financially, uh, then all of a sudden, you have a car accident. Good, a good uh, friend and client of ours, this happened to recently. I need to share this with you because it is shocking How many of the large brokerage, State Farm, Farmers, Allstate, Mercury, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who they are, good, bad, indifferent. Why do I say that? Because here, your uninsured motorist is the most you can expect to get. It used to be, or at least it was taught to us years ago, that if you were in a car accident and the guy didn't have... Uh, insurance, in other words, uh, whether he was an illegal alien or whether it was a uh, uh, uninsured driver or just a kid who stole dad's car, right, and, and didn't have insurance, then what that meant was, well, at least you did. You had uninsured motorist. Well, in California, it's also called underinsured motorist. So, what is underinsured motorist? It means the other guy's insurance is minimum twenty five thousand dollars. Let's say. Well, if you have 25000 is uninsured motorist. I don't care about the other one. That's bodily injury. That's if you crash into somebody, that's the bodily injury part. If they crash into you, that's the uninsured motorist part. So here's where the rub comes in. On the uninsured motorist portion, if you do not have a high enough limit, then you you only get the higher of, of the two. And in fact, you're never going to make more than your uninsured motorist. I don't care if you have $300,000, $600,000 in injuries and illness and off work in your car. Tough luck. The uninsured motorist portion of your policy, in my opinion, needs to be at least 100000 Better yet, 250000 Now, you say, well, that's that's a lot of money. It is. But wait till you can't work for six weeks. Wait till you, you uh, have to learn to walk. Wait, wait till you have to actually learn to eat again. You know, these things are not easy. And this was a 16-year-old kid who went through a stop sign and a mom and her son driving, minding their own business. The light was green. And the 16-year-old kid happened to have a little bit of alcohol on his breath. Surprise. And we're still not sure who's legal and who isn't in the family. And everybody's trying to blame them. They say, well, wait a second. This kid admitted to blowing the red light. The officer knew and the kid admitted to having alcohol earlier in the evening. And yet, they're trying to make out the person who was just driving, minding their own business, trying to make them the bad guy. To add insult to injury, the insurance company says, well, you know, the way it works is tough luck. Your uninsured motorist is the most you're going to receive. So here's what I need you to do. Contact your insurance broker agent. It's very little money, you guys. Very little. $30, $50. Uh, here, let me see if I have it. Less than, i <laughs> ready for this, to go from 25000 up to $250,000. 10 times. That means if you're injured and they don't have insurance, their insurance pays out. What's left between your injuries... And their insurance is made up by your dollars from your insurance company, right? Okay. Cost difference, about $50 every six months. Less than $100 a year to take care of you and your family. Uh, Look, this is not an auto insurance show, but I have seen time and again senior citizens, folks that are retired, folks that are in their 30s, 40s, 50s, Ready to retire. And we're going to talk about retirement in just a second. We're going to actually get into some details of things that you're going to do as a mistake when you retire that's going to force you to go back to work. I'm going to get over a few of those because I think you're going to be surprised at some of them. And the biggest mistake that I see when it comes to auto insurance is this under-insurance portion because people don't realize what you're doing when you have under-insurance is you are not giving yourself an option to recover. Look, the insurance isn't going to give you money for just showing up, right? They're, they're going to protect their own assets. That's fine. They have their money. They have their, their dollars. I'm okay with that. But when it's a legitimate claim, when the, the, the lady, the client of ours, has multiple screws and pins in her shoulder in her left side because she was driving and she was T-boned from the red light, no skid marks, kid was going full speed. And oh, by the way, she happens to be left-handed. How is somebody in their 50s ready to retire in the next few years going to try to figure this out? How? It's only going to happen if she has the time to continue to save in her retirement accounts. Only going to happen if she can continue to build and and create wealth for her and her family because she's the main breadwinner. So you need to protect that main breadwinner. I don't care if it's a male, female, both of you. Maybe both of you have a significant part. Your proper auto insurance covers both of you, all of the drivers in the home, and make sure you get a second opinion. I was in a, a, well, I was in a car accident. My car was in a car accident. It was sitting on the curb, uh, and in the middle of the day, somebody came driving by, and, and she crashed right into my car. It was kind of exciting because as she tried to get away, my 17-year-old son ran out there and, and stopped her, and, and of course, she stopped. But what did it do for my car? Well, it was only $23,000 in damage. $23,000. Like, fortunately, she had some insurance and we had insurance. Hers was very little, almost irrelevant, really, because the minimums in the state of California are so small. Make sure your car insurance protects you. If I was saving in my retirement accounts and I had to stop or back up, or if you're a retiree, And you've built the machine, the dollars, the money, the purpose of those dollars in your retirement account is to create a monthly cash flow for you forever. Maybe go up with inflation a little bit, maybe continue to grow, and yet you have to stop or take chunks of those dollars out to pay off or build your home, rebuild your house uh, because of an earthquake, maybe go through and have to uh, buy yourself a new car when you didn't plan on it when it wasn't ready you weren't ready to buy a new car and tough luck come out with thirty thousand dollars from your savings right The proper type of insurance makes a difference don't over insure don't oh, twenty million dollars and you you know you live in a in a million dollar house that's fine get a million dollars in insurance you live in a six hundred thousand get a six hundred thousand dollar don't overdo it. Insurance companies generally aren't going to lie you to anyway so just kind of follow along all right <sighs> Do you have any questions about that? Hey, if you do, I want you to give me a call. 866 870 5752. That's our number right here into the station. We have some answers, uh, some questions as well from last week. A lot of you sent some questions. I'm going to cover some of those here in a minute. You can always go to to TFSwealth.com. TFS stands for Total Financial Solutions. So TFSwealth.com. Send us a, a question. Sometimes people have an email question. They're not comfortable coming on the air. We get you. It happens now and again, but what I do want you to do, if you have a question to give us a call in the air, uh, talk to Logan, talk to Suzette, they'll go through and give you the updated, uh, they'll put you in the queue and they'll tell me what's going on. We'll put you on the air. Sometimes you have a question, we're just going to cover it anyway, uh, so, so stay with us if you will and give us a call at 866-870-5752. If you have more of a private question, you can always call the office, 800-990-7344, 800 990 three, four, four. I'll give that number out throughout the, throughout the hour. All right, here we go. Look, I've talked about what is causing a lot of people to have to untire is what I called it. I didn't coin it. I thought I did. I went through, did some research. Now there are other people that say it. So it's untire or retire and then go back to work. What are some of the main things that causes it? Well, I think the number one area that, that, that changes it is because you don't do a practice retirement. Now, there's two areas that you have to do a practice retirement. Number one is on your time. Number two is on your money. Those are the two things. The, the possessions that you have, the habits that you have built about what you're going to buy and why you're going to you know, buy the latest, greatest, whatever, those are already established. Difficult to change those. But when you are looking at the social aspect of your time, very important when you retire. What are you going to do the next day? What does tomorrow look like? That's nice. That's nice you retired, and then what? If you don't have something to do, now look, before you say, oh, Arif, uh, I, you have you seen my garage? Boy, I've got to clean out the closets. I have to clean out the garage. Huh, it is just, I, I have so much to do. Look, that's going to take you a day, a week, maybe even a month. Fine. But eventually, you're going to have to have something to do. And you've heard me mention this before. If you are somebody who who, who overeats, expect to o- eat more. If you're somebody who can't control drinking alcohol, you're going to overdrink. If you're somebody who smokes, you're going to oversmoke. You, right? You say, how do, how do you do that? Well, you went from three or four, or eight, you know, cigarettes a day to a pack or two packs a day because suddenly you're in a social environment where it's just you and not work, where you can't. You know, you don't have to take a break and look at your watch and say, hey, boss, do you mind if I go out? You can't do that because it, you don't have to. It's just you. you. Just walk outside or sit in your living room. So be very careful. The habits that you have going into retirement are those that you're going to carry. And generally speaking, we emphasize the bad ones. If you shop and buy things you don't need, you'll probably overshop. But your time can be very valuably spent in a place that gives you the ability to have value and purpose. We're going to spend the second half of the show, or at least maybe the, the last two-thirds, talking about the value and purpose of your money. But I don't want to escape the fact that there needs to be value and purpose with your life. Somebody has to be looking at the calendar and saying, Hey, you're going to be here tomorrow? Hey, you're showing up next Tuesday? And if in you if when you look in your calendar, here, here's some of the problems. Ready? Number one. You look in your calendar, and you only see doctor's appointments. Sorry, I know that's going to hurt. I didn't mean to say it that way. I'm talking to the guy next to you, not you. (laughs) If that's all you see is doctor's appointments, physical therapy, lab tests, checkups, I think you need to make a change. I think you have to be involved somewhere. You have skills that created an opportunity for you and your family to live to educate your children, to raise your family in a healthy and wonderful environment. You have skills that have brought you to this point in time. Don't throw them out the back door. Don't just say, oh, well, never mind, we're done. I guess nobody needs me anymore. Not true. Not true. The value and purpose of your life is much more important than you think. So check into volunteer opportunities. I don't mean just volunteering, you know, one day a week or twice a month or something. I mean going out and volunteering teaching kids to read? How about going in if you happen to speak two languages and going into the community and teaching English so people can assimilate? You know, when my dad brought his family from Lebanon in 1976 during the Civil War, he brought about 43 members of his family out. When he did that, right, some of them lived with us, some of them took my bedroom. I went from the living room floor back to my bedroom and then to the, my parents' bedroom floor. And then ultimately my bedroom was the garage from the eighth grade till I was 23. Now look, when you're young, it's kind of cool, right? It's a bit of an adventure. It's nice when you're eighth grade, get your garage, had carpet on the floor, no air conditioning or heat. Didn't complain a whole lot except when it was really cold or really hot, but it, look, I could adapt. But what was emphasized in my family was family. We didn't get a lot of education on money, mergers, acquisitions, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, annuities. We didn't get that kind of education, but we got how family came first. And what I can tell you is when those kids came to this country from the villages in the mountains of Lebanon to Silmar, California, in six months, they spoke fluent English with no accent. I don't care if you were in the third grade, sixth grade, 10th grade, 12th grade. The older ones had a little bit of an accent. I only say an accent because I want you to understand assimilation means that you now belong. You have to share a language. I had other older relatives, grandparents that came and they never really did get the language because they were older. Did they feel isolated? Yeah. Did they feel alone? A lot. I'm sure. If you can make a difference in that community because you speak Spanish or German or Armenian or, or Arabic or I don't care, and you're, you go to that community and you say, I'm going to help you assimilate. I think that's purpose, right? That could be part of your volunteer. How about teaching your skill set to college kids, right? You have a freshman in college who wants to be an engineer. Why don't you go and hold a little, a little class? Hey, guys, this is what an engineer is really like. Maybe you have connections still with your old employer and you can be a liaison bringing young people to tour the facility, lot of good ideas. If you have any good ideas, you can always give us a call. Let me tell you the number here. It's 866-870-5752, 866, which is toll free. doesn't matter on cell phones much anymore. 866-870-5752. All right. Here's what we're going to talk about today. Changing your lifestyle in retirement. When I say practicing for retirement, I'm talking about on the financial side that you have to have a period of time that you say, I'm going to play retired, pretend with income. That means you have to get to a place where your income is in a position to be equal to that that you had when you were working. So for example, when you do the math, if you're going to make $600 less a month, then you better make sure you can live on $600 less a month. So you take $600 out of your income every month and you just set it aside, put it into a savings account. Can you live the lifestyle you want to live? Can you travel if that's what you want to do? Can you go into the day-to-day living, eating out, whatever you want to do without going into debt? If you can do those things, have the lifestyle, not go into a debt, uh, not go into debt, be comfortable with that way of life. I ask for three months. Do it a little longer, I'd be happier. Then the next day, you say I'm retired, your lifestyle doesn't change. You've now been conditioned for the three months of living underneath the new income. Now, if you're somebody where income isn't much of an issue, fine, but understand changing your lifestyle is, matters because if you don't do it right, what you end up doing is thinking that you're still going to be able to work overtime or you're, you're going to get a pay raise next year or your income goes up next year. But I think one of the biggest mistakes people make is they fail to move to more conservative financial investment retirement choices they just do. They go down the road and they say, hey, listen, when my food, shelter, clothing was coming from my job, then my retirement account can go up and down because the purpose of it back then was to grow. That's it. I want it to grow. Full speed ahead. No break. Only the gas. Go full speed. Great. Because you had 15, 20, 25 years. But as you are getting closer to retirement, Couple of years from now, maybe you've been in retirement for a few years and you think you've done something, right? How many of us think we had something to do with the stock market? Well, my portfolio is up 15%
1: year to date.
0: You say, Great, what did you do? It, nothing, right? It, it's the economy, it's the growth rates of Of unemployment. It's all of the things, the the growth of business sector. That is what's driving the economy. Your financial choices, yes or no, certainly have a little bit to do with it, but not a whole lot. But it can have everything to do with the decline. Because if you're choosing to sit in that party for a while, if you're choosing to sit there for a little bit, you better understand something. When the market goes backwards, not if, but when, you are most likely going to lose some or part of your retirement money. If you are in the market and it goes backwards, and now your food, shelter, clothing comes from your retirement accounts and not your job, and you have a 20% decline in the market, all of the talking heads on TV will say, this is a buying opportunity. This is a consolidation, correction of the market. And you say, well, I can't go to the supermarket and say, uh, give me a 20% discount on my groceries. You, you can't go to your car insurance company and say, hey, I'm going to pay 20% less on my car insurance or your property taxes. Why can't you do that? Because it doesn't exist. They'd laugh you right out. You'd say, but you don't understand. My portfolio is down 20%. It will come back. But for now, I need a 20% discount. They, w- they would think you're crazy. So don't expect when you are retiring or retired to not have to move to more conservative choices. Listen, Wall Street wants you to stay at risk. That is the only time they charge an annual monthly quarterly fee. That's it. You can lose your money. They make money. If your money is not at risk, savings accounts, CDs, fixed annuities, fixed index, certain, certain bonds, gold, they can't charge a monthly fee on that stuff. So what do they do? They're done. They got to go find something out, somebody else to go get. So keep in mind that if you are trying to save money, be in a place where you are not at risk with your principal going backwards. If your money is at risk, Wall Street can charge a fee. If your money is not at risk, they cannot charge a fee. Why do you think you got this money market sweep thing going on all the time? I know I'm in cash. Oh, wait, towards the end of the quarter, everybody's got to make their numbers. We decide to strategically position the overall asset portfolio of the resistance of the, of the conservative. We are moving into a diversified portfolio. Say, okay, so I'll tell you what. Under this diversified portfolio, when the market went down, did I lose half my money? A third? So be careful, you guys. If it's right for you, fantastic. But just go in with your eyes open. Know what kind of fees you're paying. We cover that every once in a while. And on this show, I want you to pay attention. If you are going to retire, how do you stay retired? Unless you want to. Listen, I still want you to go to work. You heard my first, the first part of the show. I still want purpose. I still want meaning in your life. But don't forget your money has to have purpose. Don't forget there's a strategic, if you will, strategy, income, so that you never run out of income and you do not have to pay for it. Even guys like us will run around and say, you need an income writer in a fixed annuity hog wash not good do not do it you check with your cpa and your financial professionals we always say listen you have your cpa at the table you have your financial advisor at the table you have your insurance professional at the table maybe your your estate planning attorney you have everybody at the table if you will whether it's through skype or whether it's it's in person or on phone and their job is to work for you You can pick one of them. Maybe the attorney is the lead person. Maybe not. All right. We're going to take a call here real quick, folks, before we end this half hour of the show. We have Bruce in Glendale. Hey, Bruce, uh, if you're there, you're on the line. Good morning, sir. Hi, Bruce. Good
1: morning.
2: I uh, have a problem on my insurance. I need some insurance. My insurance is going to uh, lapse in January, and you were talking about uh, increasing uh, the amount of insurance like from $25,000 to yes. $250,000 for $50 every six months. And I was wondering how that works, and I, I don't have coverage of my own. I've got the other person covered, and I'm on Social Security benefit, which is under $1,400 a month. Okay. And I've got a real problem trying to afford insurance right now. It's $36 a month.
0: So here's what, here's what you do, Bruce. There's a couple of things that you can focus on, uh, stay uh, stay listening to the program here because we're going to cover it directly. Number one, I want you to think of this. When you have an existing carrier, shop shop them. Go to AAA, go to uh, State Farm. Some insurance carriers say, we want to insure people like you or cars like yours. And some say, we have enough people like you, so we're going to raise the rates so nobody else comes in. Right, The concept of going through and saying, how do I keep... My Family Protected is going to be done with today, certainly using the internet, but you can shop. Ask them for uninsured motorists. So what you have is coverage to cover, in case it's your fault, to to cover the other person. What I want you to do is to have insurance to cover not just yourself, uh, but uh, not just them, I should say to to protect your finances, but to protect your finances if they don't have insurance so uninsured motorists now here's the rub they're never gonna let you do more insurance than you already have on your on your bodily injury, meaning if you have twenty five thousand how much coverage do you have on your your other side? Is it fifteen thousand?
2: At uh, the very least that the law allows.
0: Yeah, probably 1535 So that means 15000 for the other person, thirty for the entire accident, and 5000 for property damage.
2: Oh, hold it. It's just uh, like 10000 and uh, 20000
0: Okay, so you have a little bit more than that. So you have $10,020. So here's what you do Number one, ask them for an uninsured motorist claim. Uh, I mean, an uh, uninsured motorist uh, uh, quote. They will give you that quote, but it's going to be the same numbers. So we're going to, here's what I want to do, Bruce. Uh, you can always give us a call at the office. I'd love to help you out. Okay. You can reach us at uh, 800-990-7344. Thank you for calling, Bruce. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a minute. On the Total Financial Hour on AM 870, The Answer, I'm Arif Halliby. We'll be right back. Thanks for being with us. Folks, welcome to the show, Total Financial Hour. I'm Eric Hallaby. You're listening to AM eight seventy, The Answer. Our goal is to help you kind of manage your money, stay retired when you want to retire, and do the things that that help you fill the the purpose of your life. You know, a lot of folks will live through their life and try to think that you know their purpose was to wake up and, and fight the four hundred five freeway. They <laughs> say, you know, at first you say, well, that, there's no way that can be. Look, I see it fairly regularly when, when people say, I only have you know, 227 days left to retirement. I say, man, when you're counting it down like that, the purpose, the value of working at that particular job for most, if not you know, nearly all of their lives, uh, has been reduced down to just, I can't wait to get out of here. So I want you to be able to, if that's your mindset, and for a lot of us, you feel boxed in, and that's the way it goes, and you're thinking, well, at least, I'm, at least I have an option. Okay, fine. If that's the case, but please make sure that you don't just walk out the door and then <clears throat> burn bridges, and then four years later, you got to come back and say, hey, hi, everybody. Hi, remember me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I need my job back. Because if you try to go back to work, the people are changing. They've promoted or, or passed on or, or left the job. Technology has changed. So no longer are you somebody who, who can understand the company's current software system because that's been upgraded twice since then. And so now when you left, you were considered somebody different, more valuable to the company as a manager, whatever your job was. And now you come back and you don't even know the systems that are technology. So you got to keep yourself relevant. You keep yourself relevant. In your first personal life because it'll keep you from money that is unnecessary. Because when we don't find a purpose for our lives, then we try to use money to make up that difference. You have to have a purpose for your life, and then your money can fulfill it. But if you don't have a purpose for your life, your money doesn't have any directions. It's kind of like driving in a car without any GPS or a map or street signs. Yeah, you're moving. Time is ticking. Yeah, yeah, you're moving. But you're not going in any place. You're not going any, any direction. There's no destination. You n- you'll never know when you arrive. Like, are we there yet? That question will never be answered. So keep in mind. So when we say one of the mistakes that you make in retirement is not moving to more conservative investment choices uh, and conservative saving choices, you've got to keep in mind that it is not stock bond mutual fund. That is not the only place that you can put your retirement account. It's the only place that Wall Street can charge a fee. So that's why you're 401k at work. Oh, surprise, there's 15 choices. Maybe a couple of them are pretty good. Maybe two of them are okay. But the rest might be substandard. And the biggest mistake you can make, the biggest financial mistake you can make when you're doing your own planning is to count on past performance They tell you that in the commercials. Past performance is no reflection of future earnings. What does that mean? That means you're using uh, star rating systems. You're using point rated systems. You're using number systems. That was under the last economic condition, the last fiscal policy, the last world economic scenario. All of that was yesterday. So you're you're not investing yesterday. You're not going backwards. You're investing for the future. That means what is the future economic conditions that we expect? Inflation, monetary policy, and on and on. So don't invest in an area based on past performance. In fact, I remember uh, Morningstar CEO actually said, I'm going to paraphrase. I know I'm going to get it wrong, but I'm going to paraphrase and get close. Basically, you'd be crazy to use the Morningstar system as a primary tool for, for uh, investing because it is a reflection of the past, not what's happening in the future. So everybody's got a system. Everybody has a formula. Okay, fine. But do not put all your eggs in one basket, especially in the risk basket. If you want us to help, great. But find somebody that's good and decent. I'd love to be that person. But, but if not, that's okay too. Right? Uh, listen, I know my, my team is going to say, Arif, what are you doing? Look, I just want you to get help. I just don't want the next financial crisis to come. And for you to say, well, I put all my eggs in one basket, I guess I'm upside down now. Okay, so keep yourself safe. All right, here's another one. Taking social security too early. If you don't need social security, then consider it as a tool. What would I suggest? I would suggest when you meet with your CPA or your tax preparer, you have a financial professional with you. And we say, here's A option and B option. One of the best options we have seen that our clients have come to us, they have said, when we take Social Security, I turned on one of them, maybe the spouse, but I'm waiting to let mine continue to grow. Because here's what happens in Social Security. When one person passes away, a couple, right? Husband, wife, couple, or husband, husband, I guess these days, right? when two people pass away that are married, you only get one of the Social Securities, the higher of the two. So you have to plan and budget that when one person passes away, you're going to lose the lower of the two social securities. So it is in your best interest to allow one of them to continue to grow, if you can, if you can financially do it. If you can't, that's okay. But if you have more than enough money to meet your bills and and expenses, you're healthy, you have longevity in your family, you you have a a purpose and a meaning, because remember we talked about that. If you don't have a purpose and a meaning for your life, your life expectancy is less, Diseases settle in. Your joints start to hurt more. Diabetes and heart and lungs and cholesterol. I mean, all those things. Nothing is good when you wake up, move to a chair, sit down, drink, smoke, eat, whatever you do, wake up, go, sit, lay back down and go to bed. Nothing is better for you when that happens. So get out and walk. Error if I can't walk past the end of the driveway. Wonderful. You do that four times this week and next week you go to the mailbox and you come back. I don't care. You got to Start. Folks, we are living longer. Social security was created, was created so that at age 65, you could get it, right? That was your number. The life expectancy under most of the formulas that we accept was age 62. It never, they never planned on you collecting social security because you weren't going to live, statistically speaking. And if you did, well, hey, you know what? It's a backup plan. Social security insurance. If, if you live past age 65, the government says, we'll cover it. We got you for a while, a couple weeks, a couple months. They didn't really expect you to live past age 68. So, so there was a very limited, but as people were living longer, living longer, that means they're on social security for a longer period of time. So when you're on social security for a longer period of time, it starts to drain the dollars. And, as the dollars are coming down, it counts more people counts on more people putting in the money. so there's a trade off there now. Social security is not broke in the sense that the money is gone right now it's supposed to be twenty thirty three is the last numbers I heard ready for quick math this early in the morning on a on a weekend that's when I turned sixty five It's almost like a cruel joke huh? <laughs> hey here if we're going to put you you're going to start it you're going to be a, a financial guy that's That's heard by thousands of people every week, tens of thousands of people every week. And you're going to talk about something that you'll never be able to get. Social security. (laughs) Thanks. All right. Second, uh, another mistake that I want us to pay attention to, and and really it's one of the mistakes that I think is a big issue. You you run out and you spend money for long-term debt. Now, if you're going to refinance your house or your vacation home, do it while you're still working. You have better income, you got a better shot at retirement, you got a better shot uh, of reducing the the cost. There's two schools of thought. I'm going to kind of tell you where I lean, but there's two schools of thought. Number one, pay off your house, pay off everything. It's where Dave Ramsey and I will kind of deviate a little bit. Very few places, but look, I'm married for 27 years. Uh, I I don't agree with my wife 100% of the time, so certainly not going to agree with Dave Ramsey 100%, all right? And this is where we differ. When interest rates are three, three and a half percent, money is almost free when you add cost of living and other things. All right. That being said, if you refinance your house, go for as long as you can, 30 years. You can always pay it off earlier, but you don't have to make that huge monthly payment. Now, if you are still 10, 15 years before you're going to be done uh, working, fine. If you want to pay it off, I'm okay with that. But that is not the first choice. The first choice is make sure you have enough money for retirement accounts. Make sure you've paid off bad debt. Cars, boats, planes, credit cards, student loans. Pay those down off gone. That is the number one thing to do. Retirement accounts and the bad debt. If you can't pay off your vacation home, I got you. I understand. Right. Listen, you're always going to have a payment anyway. It's called property taxes. Okay. So and insurance, Okay, but please make sure that you're taking care of retirement accounts and bad debt. If it means you're going to keep your mortgage in your home for a period of time through through the rest of your life, well, it's just an expense. You're never going to pay off your cable bill. You're never going to pay off your cell phone or your internet, right? Those have become utilities, not a debt. That's why they're trying to transition you from your cell phone Instead of thinking as something that you buy and then it's paid off down to zero, they go, no, 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 no. Just pay us a monthly payment and you'll always have a new cell phone. And now you're conditioned into this monthly payment routine because you do it with everything else. It used to be your car note was one or two years, three years. Today, car loans are seven, six, seven years. Why does that matter? Because if you're conditioned monthly, to do things when you're working. When you're retired, you will do the same. But don't go out and spend too much money too soon, guys. Don't do it. If you can financially handle it, great. But I don't want you taking chunks from your retirement account that you have to take out bigger numbers because you're going to pay taxes on it. right? We don't want to do that. All right, here's another one that, that matters to me. One of the biggest mistakes I can see. A lot of us will not admit... To others, certainly in mixed company, that you have a tendency to be greedy. I know. I know. It's just me. I'm the only one. What does that mean? We fall for these get-rich-quick schemes, frauds and scams. We fall for them all the time. And you might say, well, not me. Folks, people do. You get that funny phone call. We are from the IRS and we're holding your daughter's uh, financials. Business at risk. Uh, we're from the IRS and we have your grandson in a uh, prison and he's going to lose. every Folks, do you think these people don't know that you want to make extra money or you're afraid, right? One of the things they do is they'll say, hey, listen, for $25,000, you have won the Canadian lottery. We have entered you in automatically. Oh, well, that's nice. Here's one of the tricks they do. I'll, I'll give you one that's recent. What they'll do is they go over to your home because when, you, when somebody dies, senior citizens have put, put folks in uh, newspapers for obituaries, right? They used to do that. That, that was the old way you notified everybody that, that uh, John passed away. You just put it in the uh, newspaper in the obits. So a lot of people still do, and it still is on television. Sometimes if it's famous, uh, certainly it's on the internet. You can search for it. So what these guys will do, they know immediately when, when somebody's married for 37 years or 49 years or 57 years, they know that you're older, right? It's not a shocker. And at the beginning, all your friends and family surround you. Everybody comes over. They're nice. But after a week or two or a month, you settle in and it's, it's your new life. A little scary, but it's your new life. So what do you do? What you do is is you kind of get into the routine. Well, you get this little knock on the door. Hi. Hey, yeah. I'm from, uh, you know, I, they'll look at the obituary. They'll see John used to like to golf. John and I used to golf a lot. Oh, you mean from the country club? Yes, from there. And I owe him $100. Here's $100. We bet on a hole and he won. He's a pretty darn good golfer. And you say, well, that's so sweet. No, thank you. You just keep it. John would want you to have it. No, ma'am, I can't do that. And immediately she's thinking, what a sweet young man. Would you like some lemonade? Like some cookies? And as they, the relationship starts to develop, before you know it, this person has ingratiated themselves because all of her family have gone back to their normal lives. And the only one that's there on a weekly basis is this man who will suddenly have little things happen. You know, my wife and I lost our home. Oh, you know, we got into a fight. Oh, you know, my mother, I take care of my grandmother and, uh, you know, she just passed away. Or, do you mind if I move in with you? No problem, sweetie. All of a sudden, that relationship. So watch out for scams and frauds, new relationships in people's lives, especially widows or widowers, because there really is an honest sense of loneliness. Okay, so, so watch for that. All right, here's a, a something else I want you to watch out for. Uh, why I say that is because scams and frauds can take chunks of your retirement accounts. And what you used to live on at one point is now diminished significantly. And you say, well, I got to go back to work because the fear of losing. All right, here's another one that really, um, I'm seeing more and more. It's a huge mistake. When you cash out on your pension, now that's not a mistake in my opinion, but when you cash out on your pension, you treat the bucket of money not for what its purpose and its intended job is. The purpose of the cash-out is to be a machine that kicks out money to you and your family. You have a pension, you have a pension question, you can give us a call at 866-870-5752. That's 866-870-KRLA or 5752. All right, here's why. Because we're seeing the gas company... We're seeing some of the uh, uh, other utilities, Southern California, Edison, some of the big insurance companies, giving a pension buyout option. A lot of these big pensions, they say, listen, we will give you, I don't know, I'll make up some numbers here. We'll give you $5,000 a month for the rest of your life or 850000 in cash and we never see you again. Bye-bye. Hmm. Right? So what do you think? You say, well, I'll tell you what, I would prefer to have 850000 or whatever. Now, if you take those dollars, remember it's in place of that guaranteed income and it's all pre-tax money. So you don't just call up and say, hey, send me 500000 No, because all of those dollars are going to be taxed at the highest bracket. Remember, tax issues, you check with your CPA or your financial advisor. We're not giving you tax advice here, but I can promise you this. This will be tax advice. 500000 is probably going to be taxed at a lot greater than your last salary, if that's your pension. So make sure you don't end up in a scenario where you use the bucket of pension dollars for, oh, I'm just going to help my daughter with her wedding. Oh, I'm just going to buy help my son buy his house. Oh, I'm just going to. Well, that's wonderful, but now you're 79 years old and you've run out of money. So don't do it. Your pension has a job to do. It's to provide a monthly flow of income. And if done correctly, we help with that all the time. I probably have three or four big, these big uh, pension buyout options where we do the math every month. We do the math. It's really simple, folks. It's called math and logic. We say, what's the better scenario? We have one we're we're working with now. So you got to understand, is it the right thing for you to do? I don't know that answer, but it could be. All right, cashing out your pension. All right, here's another one that I think matters a lot. I don't want you to make a mistake by thinking that you are going to support... uh, Ready? Your adult children. I don't want you doing that. I know that they, they need it. She's divorced. Her husband left her. He's a son of a gun. I gotcha. I understand that you're not in a position to uh, want to kick them out onto the street. I get it. But your adult children are adults. If you can do it within your monthly income stream, I'm all for it. Let them live in the house. Listen, I can't help you financially, but you'll always have a roof over your head because we have two extra bedrooms. Got it. Beautiful. If you can help out and kick in some money for for the utilities now and again, that's great. But don't be in a position to where you're making money in your life, financially, only from your retirement accounts, and then you're giving it so that your adult son can be 32 years old and sleep on the couch and play video games all day and, quote, look for a job. I'm pretty harsh on this because there are so many job openings, there aren't enough people to fill them, right? Your job when you don't have a job is to find a job. That means at 8 o'clock in the morning, you're out of the house. You're dressed however appropriate for your whatever job you're looking for. You got your lunch because you can't afford to buy lunch unless you have that extra money. Great. But normally, you're taking a lunch with you. You've got a list of places you're going to knock on the door. You've got 27 resumes. Oh, Araf, you're so old-fashioned. These days, people just send it out by email. I can do that in my pajamas. I can do that from the living room, in between commercials. Uh, no is the answer. They end up in a big round file called the wastebasket of of the internet. If you want to have a chance at getting a job, you have to be face-to-face with people. They might tell you, go wait in the lobby. Go sit over there. Okay, just sit, sit. I can't see you right now. Wonderful. When is a better time? I don't know. Come back next week. Okay, come back next week. That is all part of getting a job. All right, we have a caller. Hey, Dave, you're on the line. Dave from Claremont, how are you? See if I'm missing you. Dave from Claremont, you there? Hello, Dave. All right, we'll see if we can catch Dave. Uh, Folks, one of the things that I'm looking at when we're talking about supporting your adult children is boundaries. No different than when they were teenagers. All right? When they are teenagers, you have to have boundaries. You can't just come home at four in the morning. You have to have in your position in your life, financially speaking, boundaries. So nothing changes. All right? All right. We got Dave from Claremont. Let's see if we can pull him up. Hi, Dave. How are you? Hello.
1: I can give you firsthand testimony of the rampant uh, fraud at Social Security Administration that I, as a personnel employee, witnessed there. I was directed to send out letters to individuals who had defrauded the government of. Two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars for collecting Granny's Social Security check wow. after Granny had died 10, 15 years earlier. Eventually, Social Security discovered this, and, and the check, the letter essentially said, "Can you please?" They use the word "please." Pay us back what? the three hundred thousand dollars. If you can't, you can request a waiver. Now, I complained about this, and I said this should be directed to the United States Attorney. These people should be processed. Exactly right. But Social Security, and by the way, I went into law enforcement after that. And the investigator said, well, we were told you didn't like the way they did things, the Social Security Administration. And I explained the story to this agent, and I think, yeah, hopefully he understood.
0: You know, Dave, you're perfectly in line with the information that we have. And that is that Social Security uh, has 6.5 million people, that's the latest stats we have, that are currently collecting Social Security that are dead. 6.5. Six point five, and because a lot of it is identity theft for seniors, a lot of it is they just forget to to uh, report. You know, like you mentioned, granny passing away. Listen, I spent eleven years, almost eleven years. I say it's ten years, seven months, and three days, but I wasn't really counting as a lot. So, thank you for your service. Uh, one of the things that we would do because we're when you're at the street level of crime, I did some investigations as well um, later on, doing some other things with uh, you know credit card fraud and and forgery and check fraud and stuff like that but where we found the the biggest kind of like where the rubber meets the road is when individuals who had dollars with social security they were coming in every single month the the kids often or or usually it's the the kid and often it's the son will just take the money thanks mom deposits into the the account and they remove those dollars they're gone they they transfer it into their own account i we're going to get into some stories i'm going to tell you some uh, we have some coming up uh, in future broadcasts on some of the scams and frauds we have seen, it will, it will blow your mind. Dave, thanks for giving us a call, uh, folks. We're going to be ending this hour of the program in a few minutes, but I want to give you some one last piece of information that I think is kind of important. When you are trying to retire and stay retired, you need to ask yourself this one question. Will taxes go up or will taxes go down? I think, despite the wonderful efforts of the Republican Congress, a little bit of tongue in cheek, despite the efforts of President Trump trying to reduce our tax scenario, one plus one is two. Whether you are left, right, Republican, Democrat, social warrior, progressive, wacko, whatever you are, doesn't matter. There isn't money in the system. Next week's show, we're going to talk about some of the strategies you can do to kind of reduce your taxes in retirement because I believe they're going to have to raise taxes and you're the one with the money. If you're retired or if you're a senior, you're a baby boomer, you're the one with the cash, not the 28-year-old sleeping on mom's garage uh, floor with 200,000 in student loan debt. That kid doesn't have any money. They're not going to tax him. He has nothing. It's the senior citizen who spent their whole life collecting one or two pensions, collecting social security, serving in our military building up money in their retirement accounts. You're the one with the money. I think they're going to go after you. It's truly just a math problem, not an ideological one. So be careful. Listen, you can always go, folks, to uh, tfswealth.com, tfswealth.com. Give us a call at 800-990-7344, 800-990-7344. I'm Arif Hallaby Thanks for listening.
1: Total Financial Hour featuring Arif Halaby, president of Total Financial Solutions, designing higher
0: income strategies with a conservative approach, protecting your principal and your earnings while
1: getting you reasonable gains and reliable income, making you confident of your retirement income planning. Arif Halaby has your answer.